Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy the story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. So I'm really looking forward to speaking today with Camilla Rutherford. Camilla hails from Scotland originally and studied at the prestigious Central St. Martin's College of Art in London. After graduating, she embarked on a five-year winter between New Zealand's ski fields in Wanaka and Switzerland's Verbier. On these winters, she gained a reputation as a world-class snow photographer before deciding that she did want a little bit more summer and she moved to Wanaka and started to photograph mountain biking as well. Camilla now calls New Zealand home and lives deep in the Southern Alps with her family on their high country Merino sheep station. She travels when she can, shooting editorial assignments and advertising campaigns for adventure sports, travel and lifestyle companies. More recently, Camilla has grown passionate about photographing regenerative farming practices and started a personal photography project to showcase this called Heal the Earth. And she was awarded the 2020 Professional Photographers Grant from Canon to support this work. Camilla has twice been a finalist in the New Zealand Geographic Photographer of the Year and won the 2015 New Zealand Press Photographer of the Year. She's incredibly passionate about New Zealand and its unique and diverse landscapes. Kia ora, Camilla, and thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, hi, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, you're welcome. So I'd love to hear from you. When you were a child, when you were growing up, what were you thinking about or dreaming about in terms of a future career? Oh, gosh, I guess a number of things. I mean, we grew up rurally in Scotland on a wee lifestyle block. So we had ponies and, and little sheep, little few sheep and some chickens and, and we just ran riot. And what I loved about growing up there was just being outside pretty much 90% of the time. And then as I grew a bit older, I started to really enjoy. And my dad had a few cameras. He had an SLR and cine a super 8 movie camera so from time to time i'd pinch those and and start to to play with them and i didn't really know at the time i just wanted to to make little films and and in, in high school I, I joined a photography club and again didn't really ever think of it as a career but all i know that i was loving being outside going on adventures and taking a camera so i think that was part of it and then the other thing i really enjoyed at school was was history and english even though i was very i am very dyslexic i found something in in stories and storytelling i loved creative writing and and all the history and the stories of growing up in scotland and all those stories of kings and queens and a little bit romantic probably but yeah there was something about storytelling that captured my imagination i guess when i was a kid and i don't really think i knew what i wanted to do with that i was very artistic at school i was pretty much in the art department all the time and then i knew i wanted to go to art college and i think that's when I sort of realised my passion of storytelling plus my passion of, yeah, I don't even think it was photography at that stage. It was more, I think I wanted to be a filmmaker or a director. So yeah, applied to this big old 
famous art college, never expecting to get in. And to my absolute surprise, horror and delight, I got a place. So ended up, yeah, specializing in, it was called design for performance. So set and costume design for film and theater. So yeah, that was a long-winded answer to your question. But really interesting to see that kind of, that perhaps early interest in photography and storytelling, but not maybe considering it a a career. And as you see, maybe thinking more directing or then even studying design for performance or set design. How then did you come to consider photography could be a possibility as a career? I guess when I was studying in London, I'm not going to lie, it was not my favourite time of life. I really struggled in a city. I only look back on and realise this now that, that city life, especially London life, was, you know, I was a very naive country girl and moved down to you know London and suddenly all these art students who were all crazy in my mind I was dropped into the belly of the beast and and I couldn't work out why I didn't fit and yeah so I started to to work out well I don't really enjoy being in a city but the only thing I could really grasp that I enjoyed while I was studying this course was was photography I I went out on the streets and this is, shows how old I am. It was still, we were all still wielding SLRs back then. And I would lock myself in the dark room and that was where I was happy. I was out on the streets doing sort of street photography and developing them all in the dark rooms and wasn't part of my curriculum or part of my course. A lot of my projects, the research part of my projects ended up being photography based and I still didn't click that I wanted to be a photographer. And even when I did my big final project at art school, I had to gain special permission because I just wanted to make a film. So I ended up making a film that's all the research was photography based. Yeah. And then even when I graduated, I still wanted to be a filmmaker. And it was only after um, a year or so after graduating, I had my film camera, my movie camera, and I kept wanting to to pick up the SLR. And I was like, but I thought I wanted to be a filmmaker and I think the instant gratification of getting that single freeze frame and making that telling that whole story through one image was really what captured my imagination Mm, really interesting and what what is it well what was it then alongside that kind of your instant gratification (laughs) maybe of a single frame what what was it about photography that you really loved? I think from my art background, obviously, yeah, I studied four years at Central St. Martins and we had to do these huge research pieces. And again, I think being able to tell a whole story in one frame is what really captured captured my thoughts. And when I graduated art school, I went on a perpetual winter and I thought I'd just do a couple of ski seasons and I'd go back to London and, and do the proper job thing and that didn't happen because I just the more I took photos the more I realized oh these could go in magazines and people were interested in seeing them and uh, this is long before Instagram and social media so it was so exciting to me to be able to tell this story and it was enough of a, a good photo that would get into a magazine that was just the ultimate thrill so yeah I think that kind of probably fed my thrill seeking um, part of me and yeah still does to this day you know I love having my work in print that's a real it's a real honor yeah absolutely a real honor a real thrill to (laughs) be able to see it so that was my work and I'm conscious having looked a little bit at your portfolio you're not a 
you're not a landscape photographer in terms of the outdoors. It's very much about people. It's almost a story of the person within the environment, within the landscape. Exactly. You pretty much nailed it there. It took me, you know, as with any artist, um, it takes you a while to find your voice, I think, and your style. Um, I do like to take photos of landscapes and, and beautiful. We live in New Zealand, one of the most beautiful countries in the world, and there's, there's amazing photos to be taken in every landscape. But something about the element of the human or even animal element in that that really gets me excited and I think that's where my passion for shooting I guess you call it adventure sports or action sports really came about that the fact that us as human beings can can play in these amazing landscapes be it skiing biking or jumping off cliffs or even just hiking and running and that we've got this playground there to play on and yeah it's it's about freeze framing that moment and so that person that's looking at that photo is like either awed and like wow how did that person do that or get there or they're like I want to be that person and wouldn't it be cool to hike up there and ski that line or Whatever. I think that was a real, yeah, looking back, I think that was a real draw card for me. Yeah. And I guess an added bonus, um, as you said, almost going back to your outdoor roots, yeah. that you were able to pursue your career outdoors, which which must which must be great still. Yeah. I mean, I often say my camera is just an excuse to go on adventures. Yeah. <laughs> Before I had kids, it was, I'd just think up these crazy ideas and be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to take some mountain bikers and jump in a couple of combi camper vans and drive around New Zealand hitting up the best trails. So I was like, oh, made it happen. And then suddenly we did the South Island. I was like, oh, we should do the North Island too. And that was my excuse to travel. It wasn't going to make me a millionaire or anything, but it was a great time. And I was able to sell those photos to magazines and and tell a cool story. So, um, yeah, it's a a great excuse for an adventure. Yeah, absolutely. And I can imagine a lot of people find on moving to New Zealand that they almost have to stretch out a little bit, become a bit more of a generalist in terms of their career, their profession. What was your experience of of moving to New Zealand and trying to carve out your career as a as a photographer? Yeah, sure. So as you said, I did five after graduating art school. I did five years of winters between Europe and and New Zealand, and in between those, I did the odd trip to Japan and again other adventures. I cooked up and made happen so I feel like moving to New Zealand was a very organic and natural process for me I don't feel like one day I packed up my bags and moved to New Zealand it kind of happened gradually over years and the more time I spent down here actually one of the biggest things was the friends I made and the contacts was pretty solid and these friends I used to photograph skiing professional skiers are still you know my best mates to this day so they I think we really grew together as skiers and filmmakers and and photographers I've got friends who I used to photograph skiing who started Mons Royale they the the outdoor apparel brand other friends who are award-winning filmmakers who we all were just sort of scrog and eating dirt back in the day (laughs) traveling around together I think it was those people along with the landscape that made it a no-brainer to to sort of set up shop down here again very organic and sort of gradual process for me I also really and I still do like the sort of bite-sized nature of New Zealand like it's very I feel like it's an achievable market. It's sort of like it's not too big and overwhelming and I don't really aspire to, you know, sort of be a big city for living in New York or London or wherever. To That's just not me. I'm more about being somewhere that's suited to my personality and, and a bit more. I love the, 
lack of hustle and lack of people here. <laughs> yeah, I, I still remember quite vividly when I first moved to London, gosh, we were about 18 years ago now, and being in a train station and just being surrounded by literally hundreds of oh, thousands probably. It makes people. And It does, and it just like just a really overwhelming feeling coming yeah. from New Zealand. And okay, I came from Christchurch, mm-hmm. so but it's not London. And I think to, to that day, it, it, even I lived there for 17 years, and still that sort of being surrounded by people somehow always felt hemmed in, and it was just such a pleasure to come back to New Zealand and just feel the expanse of the space it just gives a different feeling oh it does and I yeah when I lived in London I was pretty miserable to be honest at art school I'd I'd, every opportunity I got I'd jump on the train and head north back up to Scotland and as soon as we were out of the city and I saw green fields it would be like yes And recognising sometimes the impact that your environment has. Yeah. And it's not just an internal thing, it's sometimes your surroundings as well. Mm-hmm. And what's been the path, I guess, to where you find yourself now in terms of your career as a photographer? Oh, probably a very uh, sideways one. So, yeah, I did those five years of, of winter and started to get photographs and magazines. I mean, I was by, by no means making any decent money back then. I was cleaning chalets and teaching a bit of skiing and doing whatever else I could in between to, to keep traveling. And then I think as the photo- photos started to get into magazines and, and people, I guess, saw my name in print or whatever, I realized that I could start taking photos for companies and, and getting paid a quite a lot more than, than a magazine print so I, I sort of realized oh I could I could maybe do something here with working on I think it was the first, I can't remember what the first commercial shoots I got but certainly some kind of ski company or outdoor clothing company and then yeah one of the biggest first ski shoots I did was for Atomic International and we were they would come down every well their summer the northern hemisphere summer they come down to New Zealand and, and sh- shoot their entire catalog over two weeks in, in the winter the New Zealand winter so I think I did three years of that and that was just oh absolute dream job you know I was up mm. with these professional athletes from all over the world showing them Aotearoa's amazing skiing and, and and taking photos and making money so I was like oh this is cool I could do more of this it definitely didn't happen overnight so once I got my work to residency I could work here take on commercial jobs and I could stay for a summer so doing that first summer was it was probably one of the scariest things I've done in that I was I'd done winter forever that was all I knew was taking photos in the snow so I so mountain biking I love mountain biking surely I can climb into this industry and again I met some incredible athletes just through I don't know luck or and just people that welcomed me in and the mountain both ski and mountain bike industries can be quite cliquey, but these guys were just so wicked and suddenly I was photographing mountain biking and it was, yeah, it was the same, but the snow's dirt counterpart. And then I could, yeah, start, I can't remember what the first commercial mountain bike shoots, but the same kind of thing happened and I started to make some money which was nice. From there, it sounds like, you know, you're really carving actually a a career in terms of actual commercial assignments, still in adventure sports Mm -hmm. that you love. And I'm guessing that's kind of continued to grow from there. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of pivot points in my life was obviously moving, getting that residency and moving to New Zealand and doing my first summer here. And it just so happened that first summer I met my husband. (laughs) So that was a bit of a clincher to stay. And I guess from there, I moved out to a couple of years after we were dating, I moved out to his, he's a farmer, moved out to his farm. And yeah, it was doing these, actually having four seasons that really 
it sort of really rekindled something as well, just living for the four seasons, having missed it for so many years and got to know a bit more of the local. I mean, you know, Wanaka's pretty small, but, you know, lo- local tourism operators and, and companies and stuff. And, and I think my biggest break and still one of my top clients who I love working with dearly is Tourism New Zealand. So through working for companies like Lake Wanaka Tourism and Destination Queenstown, got introduced to the guys at Tourism New Zealand and I was like, how can I shoot for them? Like, how can I do, I actually brand shoots. Like I did a number of PR shoots, which they're okay. Like it's, it's, it's great to get out and do these shoots. It's, it's fun. It's sort of reportage and we're photographing these celebrities before COVID, obviously, um, that would come over and they would showcase New Zealand and take them around and I'd photograph these celebrities doing New Zealand tourist attractions. And this is quite an interesting story. And I hope this will resonate with a lot of those listeners that you've got to be in it to win it. It's a big motto of mine. So I was on, I think, my second PR shoot for Tourism New Zealand. And I was photographing these Chinese, really famous, stupidly famous Chinese celebrities that had come over for a game show. And as part of Tourism New Zealand's itinerary, they'd taken them horse trekking in Glenorchy. So I was to photograph them. They came over with their children. And I think the show was called Daddy, Where Are We Going? or something like that. Anyway, so that these stupidly famous Chinese with their children and they were all plonked on horses, very big horses. And I was photographing them. And then this one Chinese guy and his daughter, his daughter's horse wouldn't go across this creek that we were crossing. And the horse just didn't go across. So I just, I was on foot. So I had my trainers. I was just walking and I was like, so I went across and walked across the creek and got my shoes wet and helped this girl across the creek. And the Chinese, it was lovely. He was just couldn't believe that I got my shoes wet and couldn't thank me enough. He was just beside himself that I got my shoes wet. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, and then the next time they did this big brand shoot with him and he, he wanted to come back over, but he wanted to use that photographer who got her feet wet. Mm-hmm. So that was my first entry into doing brand commercial photography for Tourism New Zealand. And that was five years ago. And I've been doing shoots for them ever since. So just goes to show you, you just use your head. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't the, I didn't even think twice about it, but it was, it's just one of those stories that always sticks with me, like into my biggest career client. Uh, Yeah, it was simple as getting my feet wet. Yes, yes. And you never knew where that was going to lead, but how exciting. You know, if you look back at your career today, what have been some of your toughest career challenges or moments? Oh, there's been a few. I think mentally the the sort of self-belief that you can you can keep doing it. And I guess I've said already, the sort of fake it fake it till you make it and fly by the seat of your pants a wee bit has been something that I've tried to to go by. And and if you've got a really really believe in gut feelings so if I've got a good feeling in my gut about something I'll keep pushing until I make it happen or if I'm a bit like uh, yeah I know that I'm just not going to push that one up the hill but physically my two biggest challenges of late and I hope this doesn't sound awful as a challenge but having children yeah as a photographer action sports photographer actually when I got I always wanted to have children got pregnant I was like oh there must be other female action sports photographers out there that have, who who can I find that I can see how they did it I couldn't find anyone there's obviously lots of female photographers who have had babies and managed to carry on their careers but usually their lifestyle or food photographers or wedding photographers and stuff which is awesome but doesn't involve huge amounts of travel so that was a big challenge on working out how I could do it and then the other challenge which I'm 
very personally living right now is injury. So I've had a, I had a bad back since I my second pregnancy, and in January this year it completely gave out on me and I prolapsed a disc. So I had to have back surgery, which really I mean this is three months ago, so it's still very. I'm still I was at physio this morning, um, and then I've also got quite a significant knee injury, which I've I did when I was in my twenties, but just the the wear and tear and. Over the years of skiing with a camera bag and hiking with a camera bag has just left my body a little bit, I think, on top of that, having the two pregnancies and potentially not looking after myself enough, doing the the typical mum, I can do it all, look at me go, (laughs) until something breaks. (laughs) And that that something was my back. Um, Well, it didn't break, but yeah, so that's been a huge challenge. And then I guess the third challenge, which is out of my control, is watching athletes that I shoot get hurt, which is really hard if they're doing a stunt for your camera. They're obviously skilled athletes, so they're not doing something they shouldn't, but I have seen a few nasty crashes, and and that's always a really hard one to to swallow. Yeah, absolutely. And if I think about those different challenges I've I've got three kids myself Mm. so that having a family can sometimes be a challenge from a career Mm -hmm. perspective and how how have you managed through that challenge have I managed (laughs) yeah I mean as every working mother will tell you the juggle is real yeah I've I I sort of obviously got pregnant had my first baby stepped out of the career wanted to breastfeed so I was at home for as long as I could be and there the juggle of, of trying to take on those shoots and because I don't have a shoot every week or there's no nine to five at all about my career it's been a real juggle with with childcare and living out rurally where we do there's not a nanny just down the road there's not a daycare just down the road it's it's thanks to my husband and my mother-in-law and and the juggle sort of managed to get back in did a few gigs obviously had my second child didn't want the gauge gap to be too big um so blessed that we have two amazing boys and i think the second time around i found it even harder to get back in and it's any freelancer will tell you it's it's highs and lows peaks and troughs and i sort of felt like i was getting going again and then covid COVID came along and then I was getting going again and then I put my back out so it's ups and downs and uh, I've got some really exciting stuff in the pipeline at the moment which I'm sure we'll talk about with an exhibition next week in Auckland so I'm really this is my sort of get back into phase again for like the fourth time. (laughs) Super and so tell me a little bit more about because the exhibition as I understand is almost rather than a commercial shoot, it's something that you've decided to drive for yourself. Yeah, so I'm just trying to think how long ago. It was quite a long time ago I came across a photography mentor who lives in New Zealand called Christina Force, and she has been my beacon of light, and she really goes on about the importance of personal work in photography. So if you're a photographer, any form your personal work is what, especially in you know the commercial world, is what ad agencies and creatives are, are really looking at when they look at your folio. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't really realise at the time, but I'd already started this photography project about regenerative farming and the journey that we were on on our farm and had photographed. I'd applied to Canada, New Zealand, do an amazing pro photographer grant every two years. And I'd applied to that and had won this funding to go shoot the project that I I submitted which was photographing regenerative farms around New Zealand and telling their story so that was my big personal project and it really lit a fire under me it was very different I guess to all the action and adventure and the adrenaline and the and the fast pace sort of slightly 
romantic travel life and it was suddenly like farming and how can I make how can I tell these amazing stories through photography and make it make it beautiful make it give it sex appeal almost like make people want to know more so that was my challenge and through the series of photography that I've collected over the year I have curated an exhibition and it's uh, going to Auckland next week so it's super super exciting and absolutely terrifying at the same time it's the first time I've done a solo exhibition Icebreaker have been complete legends and are hosting it at their commercial based store in downtown Auckland so taking the rural to the belly of the beast but it is something I'm ridiculously passionate about obviously living where I do being married to a farmer but but also I since having children I've, I've always been slightly environmentally conscious and it's really brought home having kids like what kind of world do we want them what's the world going to look like when they're our age it terrifies me and the regenerative farming story is something that gives me huge amounts of hope for our future as, as a race and as the planet so I just want to spread that word and tell everyone to get excited too. And by doing that, and specifically by taking it into urban environments, we can give these farmers and the farmers that are doing amazing stuff a voice and tell this positive farming story, really. So, yeah, we'll see how the uh, urbanites take it down. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. And best of luck for the exhibition as well. Thank um, you. But how fantastic to see you combining your, your love of the outdoors still. Obviously, photography is your your expertise, but alongside that storytelling element, which I know mm. you said you loved even as a teenager growing up. So fantastic to see those those kind of coming through. We talked, Camilla, a little bit about, about, I guess, one of the challenges you maybe faced as a woman, which is how do you mm. be an uh, action photographer uh, at adventure sports when you're pregnant? Not always the easiest thing. Have there been any other particular challenges or obstacles that you might have faced as a woman in your career? Yeah, great, great question. I guess I'll ask this, answer this in two different parts. First of all, the action adventure sports photographer. Before kids, I don't feel like I had any prejudice against me like not that I noticed anyway maybe I'm just naive and had blinkers on but the athletes I worked with all seemed to sweet I was a girl as long as I could keep up and carry my gear which I think in itself especially now that my body's falling to pieces <laughs> was a, more of a challenge than I probably pegged um you know I was young and fit and used to be pretty confident I could keep up and carry gear but now it's definitely something like, oh, God, I, I'd love to go photograph that, but there's no way I'm able to hike up there and ski that because carrying, I'm doing what these professional athletes are doing, but I'm carrying all my camera gear at the same time. So that's a huge challenge on that part. I'm determined after all these injuries to get, to get fit and strong again, so I feel like I can do that again. The second part, that's probably in my earlier career, then the second part, I have been fortunate enough to be part of a group of advertising photographers across New Zealand called Women's Work. So these are a group of photographers who have got together and curated an exhibition called Women's Work. Actually, it was up in Auckland a couple of months ago, and my work was part of this. And this is showcasing advertising and commercial female photographers in New Zealand. And the stats are pretty crazy. So only 15% of advertising photography you see are shot by women. And the irony is that pretty much all of that advertising photography is aimed at women. So why is that? And then the other stat, which is, I think it's around about 80% of photography students are women 
but then only 15% are end, ended up shooting commercial campaigns. So there's something going on there. So this whole exhibition I was part of um, was reaching out to ad agencies and creatives saying, why, why? Why is this? Like, this has got to change. Like, give us a chance. Yeah, it's having some pretty good traction. Like, check it out on Instagram, women, Women's Work NZ, I think it is. Yeah, there's some amazing, amazingly talented female photographers out there who are shooting beautiful campaigns and just need to be given a break, really, and move aside, men. Yeah. Women are coming in. Yeah, and particularly interesting, given, as you see, commercial campaigns, that the stats suggest around 70% of consumer purchasing decisions are made by women. There you go. So, from interest terms of making sure that your your audience and your your ultimate the person who's might be buying whatever mm-hmm. it is is considered in terms of the images that you use fascinating it's yeah interesting, interesting. Yeah. great to be involved in it and Camilla you talked a little bit about sort of juggling the work and home and particularly the challenges if you're off for sort of 10 12 days mm-hmm. more broadly how do you find balance between your working life and, and your broader life yeah, it's another great question. It's it's funny. I was actually saying to my husband the other day, because I was away last week on a job and then I'm back this week and then next week I go to this exhibition and it does put a lot of stress on on him and, and strain on and I any working mum will tell you that sort of pull between the mum guilt and but I'm I'm home a lot, but I'm also away a bit. I think when I get a job or I get something awesome happens in my career, I get that rush of adrenaline and, and sort of real boost and then quickly followed by that there's a sort of pang of oh god how about how am I going to do this like sort of guilt and the oh but I'm going to have to ask favors of everyone again and I'm going to have to sort childcare and ask my mother-in-law to pick up the kids from school suddenly the the elation of the job is quickly followed by the the sort of slight anxiety of how am I going to manage this so that's a real sort of thing you know my mum always says it's it's so short-lived and I don't want to miss these years and although I'm hankering after getting more jobs and being really successful as as most people are I also would I think I'd really regret doing too much in these early years and not missing too much of my kids so it's definitely a balance it's a big time balance between having enough and the ultimate for me is is doing these high caliber jobs and less of them. Not to say I don't enjoy doing the little local jobs and stuff I do, but I just want to be conscious of being home enough for my kids. And as they grow up and stuff, things will change. I'm very much a week by week, month to month person. I've got lots of aspirations of what I want to do in my lifetime, but I try not to think too far ahead, otherwise it's too scary. Yes, and there's plenty of left, lifetime left to be to be fulfilling those. For sure. You don't need to do them all next week, next month, even next year. For, I actually had a really good quote that I heard and I was like, yeah, it makes sense. It's planned small for next week and big for five years. So just taking each week as it comes. And But having that path somehow to where it is that you're going in the exactly, more longer term. Exactly, having that vision, but not, not having those plans that you're going to get disappointed because as COVID has proven, nothing is, nothing is sure anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've talked um, earlier about some of the tougher times, I guess, at work. Mm -hmm. You've also talked about some of those proudest moments, whether it's, you know, shooting the Atomic campaign Mm -hmm. or getting the Canon funding. If you look back at your career, what have been your proudest career moments? I guess when it comes to, oh gosh, there's so many that I could talk about, but sort of the obvious ones are awards that I've won. So 
in 2010, which is a lifetime ago, I was a finalist in the Red Bull Alone Image Quest, which is Red Bull, that what they're about. It was a, They do this big photography competition. I think it was only the second time it ran that I was a finalist. So I was top 50 out of 23,000, and I was the only female. And the photo that I took wow. was of the only female athlete in the competition. Wow. So actually the, the finalists, finals were in Ireland. So I actually flew over from New Zealand to Ireland to be part of the, the finals. And I was the only chick sitting there in the photo of 49 men, um, which which was a pretty big career highlight. I still to this day have not had a photo that I felt was good enough to apply again. And then another one that sticks out is I was invited after my first summer of shooting mountain biking. I was invited by an incredible Swedish mountain biker to to shoot as part of this uh, what a, uh, photography film, uh, photography mountain bike festival in order in Sweden. And it just so happened that it coincided with our yearly trip to Scotland. So off I went to Sweden. I was so rookie. I didn't have a clue what I was up to. I didn't even have a bike. I was just like, I'll see what happens. And I worked with four athletes over four days and cut together a five minute slideshow with what we produced in those four days. And they went up five teams all men and show we all showed our slideshow on the last day and I won I think yeah. all the men <laughs> I mean you don't think of you try not to think that oh but um, that was that was a real buzz and then I think probably my but above all that I think probably my proudest work yet is is this farming project the Heal the Earth mainly because all the action sports and it's all fun and games but it doesn't really mean a whole lot like you know I'd applied to the Canon grant a few times before and never won I was applied base jumping in Fjordland or mountain biking across New Zealand and it's all well and good but it doesn't really mean anything and then when I put together a proposal about shooting this regenerative farming story surprise surprise I won because it was a real heartfelt project that really meant something so yeah, I think I'll be pretty proud of myself when I get through next week, next week and survive through hosting my own exhibition. So I'll talk to you about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But how wonderful to have won that, that latest grant mm. doing something that you felt so passionate about that was that's your work, mm-hmm. not done for a commercial purpose. That exactly. Absolutely, that you hope to then make a, make a difference for, for people and perceptions and the stories people hear and, and understand about farming too. So, oh, fantastic. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty exciting. And injuries notwithstanding, <laughs> where do you see your career heading in the future? Yeah, I think I mentioned before, I, l- I love doing, I love working with people. So I like doing those commercial shoots where you work with a creative ag- agency, you're working with directors and film crews and everyone knows what they're doing. It's a really good sort of team of people all out there to do a job so I like working on those kind of jobs I find them really inspiring and 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 fun and I sort of it's it's also nice as a mother and to have a wee break away from home and the dishes and the washing and the cooking so yeah I'm with it. you on that one yeah <laughs> going away on the yes they're hard work but they're hard work in a very different way to the sort of mundane day-to-day of of, of a parent at home so yeah I'd love, love to do more of those long 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 term after COVID and potentially my kids are more grown up and I've really got some aspirations about doing more travel um depending on what the world will look like then. I've got a dream that I want to do a sabbatical, which in a couple of ways might be tricky with the farm, but also what the world's going to be like traveling in sort of five to 10 years time. So I'd love to take the boys and and go traveling around the world and photograph our adventure and tell a bit of a story there. I've sort of got in the back of my mind that I'd want to do 
use the travel plan to be going to visit amazing farm stories, a bit like what I've done in New Zealand, but sort of on steroids, like, you know, overseas that um, I know I've read story about stories about places in the Gobi Desert that have managed to be in, just by changing the water, they've managed to get amazing oasis is growing and going to places like that and photographing those stories yeah there's some really amazing farming stories out there that could be a good excuse to take the family and go and have a look yeah super well fingers crossed the borders do open yeah. in the not too distant future so you can yeah. potentially pursue some of that and one last question camilla i'd love to hear what career advice you might have for for other women sure thing yeah i mean i guess it's a bit cliche but believing in yourself as much as you can i don't think anyone has got all the answers and I don't think anyone really feels like they can do it but I really think if you if you just follow your gut instinct and and keep keep trucking along you'll get there eventually it's not easy but and I'm by no words of the means there wherever there is I think trying one of the biggest challenges is, is battling with that sort of imposter syndrome, like I'm not good enough or that person's much better than me or whatever. Try to bury those demons and, and remember that that person's probably thinking exactly the same thing. So, yeah, it's it's about that sort of self-belief and flying by the seat of your pants, I guess. <laughs> Yay, super advice. And I think the the more I think we can be reminded of that, the better. Mm. And that just as well, that kind of trusting your gut. Sometimes mm. you talked about it for yourself, almost assessing work and saying, well, is, is this something that I'm going, yep, I'm super excited about. Then really listening to that as well along the way. Wonderful. Camilla, thank you so much for sharing your story today and all the ups and downs that have come uh, along the way. I've really, really enjoyed listening to it. And yeah, great to hear that journey from the farm in Scotland through London, through not quite knowing what it was you (laughs) wanted to do, to discovering that along the way as a photographer, to now being able to actually have a wonderfully successful career as as a photographer and doing what you love. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I really hope that, yeah, everyone listening has taken something away. And yeah, look forward to listening to the rest of your podcast, Anna. Oh, thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support, and I look forward to you joining us again soon. Mm -hmm.